listeners. So before you get started on this episode, we just wanted to check in and talk about some language that we used during this episode in regards to one of the characters and referencing that they were batshit. And I think I directly said batshit crazy a few times. And so we realized about halfway through the recording, which you'll hear, that we wanted to make sure that there weren't further connotations than what we had been kind of thinking about. So um, we went ahead and did some researching and some Googling, and we found out that the origin of that term is um, is pretty ableist and about someone being like crazy, like the bats in the belfry, like in their head. And so we're, you know, we're – this is why you should, if you're saying a common phrase that's old, yes. you should always see if it is in fact racist or ableist or whatever it may be, because it probably is. <laughs> yeah, and we were originally going to tack on this to our next episode, but it felt a little hypocritical given that we are often fairly critical of author's language yeah. choices and things to not uh, recognize it at the beginning of an episode. Because, you know, if we're going to expect authors to be good humans who recognize and deal with their language choice and their biases we should do the same right so we we will now know that we will cut that out of our vocabularies and as if uh, we shouldn't have known that before but sometimes there's just those things that you say and you never you don't think about it because they come out always heard it and it's one of those things so um we hope you enjoyed the episode anyway but if you feel uncomfortable listening because of that you are totally free to skip it and join us on the next one all right bye Welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they are really worth your time. I'm Chelsea, a lover of any fantasy novel with a strong female lead and a new mom desperately searching for time to read. And I'm Nicole. Uh, Right now I'm on a really big historical fiction kick. Um, Also, just to take us on a full tangent immediately. Yes. Um, I So, you know, the way I keep track of the books that I want to read is that I put them on the for later shelf in my library account. Right? Mm-hmm. And then every time I see a book, and then there's always about 200 books on there. And then last two years or so, I'm trying, whenever I need new books, I go to the ones I put on longest to go, you know, and I'm trying to work my way forward. Yeah, look at you being a TBR queen. <laughs> yes. And I just noticed today that if you go to the sidebar – you can like sort them um, both by you can like be like what you can like what genres are there? I want to see the historical what? fiction ones that are on here and by topic. And it, my t- two most common topics were magic and families. <laughs> magic family. <laughs> so I think I have to change my intro to being and I like magic and families. <laughs> oh my god! Please do. That's great. I love. Is that um, is that the county or the city library? The county. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm allowed to keep my county card. I don't live in the county Nicole lives in anymore, but I'm pretty sure teachers, reciprocal cards you can use for the county I live in and the county you live in. I mean, also, they wouldn't know. <laughs> True, but I'm a rule follower. Yeah. Yeah. You just would have to go out of your. I mean, you wouldn't actually have to get the books out of that library. No, I you meant for the virtual. For the and for the virtual, like yeah. renting for your Kindle. Yes, that's true. All right. Well, you know, now that we've went down that tangent, <laughs> uh, what have you been reading lately? Um, I just finished. Is it about a magical family? 
it it is a fantasy book. <laughs> um, this is a book that was recommended me to me by a friend of the podcast, Amanda, who doesn't listen to our podcast, but is our friend. And, <laughs> um, and she rec- recommended it to me ages ago. And it took, I had to wait in a long library line to get it. But it's called From Blood and Ash by Julian Armentrant. Jennifer Armentrant. I was close. And it was so good. It had several... Um, twists like and i most of them i saw coming but some of them i actually didn't and i read the whole thing in like two days um and it was great and there's two more out and a fourth one coming out in the beginning of 2022 so i've got the second one is like in transit right now coming to my library so i want to read a whole book in one day we need to reschedule another like retreat yes that's one of the last episodes where we did a podcast retreat where we just read yeah. for a whole weekend and we recorded snippets throughout, but we never released that episode because of the pandemic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We should do it. Yeah. I probably will be willing to leave my baby by like February. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. But, but only like, we might have to do it local. <laughs> well, last time I believe we only went one hour away. So I'm more pretty sure than we that. could do it more. We could we could get an Airbnb like one street over from your house if you need to. We'll just block off the basement. No, that won't work. You won't be able to stay away from the baby. Oh, uh, I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can already tell listeners that this is just going to be an episode of. <laughs> um, have you been finding any time to read, new mom? Yeah, have no, you? no, no. That's a joke. You're funny. Um, my baby's walking at eight and a half months, so I may never read again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> have a baby they said it'll be fun they said no actually i really love him but he just really uh he really wants to be a mover and a shaker yeah very early he's a life. mover and a shaker which is great in so many regards but then you watch him walk or sprint across the room and look at his shoulder like crawling and look over his shoulder at you like you're gonna come get me and you're like god damn it and you're just like oh man at least five more years of this where you're really chasing him <laughs> And the sad thing is, I probably deserved this. I tell my dad about this, and he goes, yeah, I don't feel pa- sorry for you, because apparently I was a terror of an infant. Ah, well, so it's genetic. It was unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. I was telling Nicole before I started recording that I got um, eight hours of sleep three days ago, and so I'm just, like, good for a month now. <laughs> like, eight hours of sleep in one, one night is just top notch yes <laughs> um yeah on, in our notes for the episode next to what you're reading now i wrote na <laughs> currently not applicable at this time it does not apply to me <laughs> all right well what did we i did read our podcast book so i read something yes. what did we read for the podcast okay, this week? book 64 i believe yes yes pale fire by vladimir nabokov who was Russian and then moved to America, and then this book came out in 1962. Famous author of Lolita. Uh This book came out after that. Um, Also, one with a weird structure, just like our last episode. Yep. (laughs) What is your one-word description of this book? Um, Delusions. Okay, mine is narcissistic. Ah, you can put those together. Narcissistic delusions. Delusions, yeah. <laughs> and the episode's over. We're done. Um, that <laughs> That's sums it all up. we need to talk about and case and point. Um, our quick plot is a novel told in the form of a poem and commentary where both a normal life and one with delusions of grandeur are, are portrayed. Yeah. Um, so this book 
has, again, that really unique style. So it starts off with about a 20-page introduction that's written by... Um, the person who's going to do the commentary yes, on the poem. Yes, the person who's going to do the commentary of the poem. And then there's the poem, which is a thousand-line poem that's divided into four... They're not Cantos. Called cantos. Thank you. I was like, they're not stanzas. Cantos. And then there is 250 pages of commentary. Oh yeah, and but it's all made up. So yeah, when we were picking this book to read next, Chelsea was like, "Oh, it, it'll be really easy for me to read because it's just a thousand line poem and commentary that we don't have to read." And then I was, Not and then true. I googled it, and it turns out it's a novel where the commentary is part of the story or whatever. Yeah, and here I'm going to be a little controversial here. I like the conceit. I Ooh. don't like the book. Coming, so, in, coming in hot right at the beginning. <laughs> we're going to have two issues here. I do like the conceit. I think it's cool to have. Um, so the way it's set up, the person who's doing the commentating, he, we have to kind of explain the plot a little bit. So he is, the way he's presenting himself is someone who is really great friends with the poet who really influenced the poet and then the poet in the last six months before his untimely murder um, was writing a story, a poem that was essentially the story of the commentator's life. Yeah, and so the commentator is like, he thinks that in those six months of friendship he really wanted the poet to write a poem about his life and the country that he comes from, which is an imaginary country. And it's not really his life, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And uh oh no, I think it is really his life. No, it's not. Oh yeah, uh-huh. No. We'll, we'll come back around to that. Um and and uh and so that they and so then he you know, and so he thinks he's been kind of like feeding him stories to inspire the poet. And so then when he reads the poem, he uh-huh. makes it these huge like connections about to what his the story that he's told the poet that, that are really have nothing to do with the poem and feel very delusional and it, and it seems yeah. as though the poet and him were just acquaintances yeah and kind of like begrudging acquaintances yeah. from the poet and then side. um the poet ended up getting murdered because uh he happened to be at the commentator's house but the commentator thinks it was because of his existence but it really was just like happenstance oh or well maybe we're gonna argue about this maybe i'm reading it too literal i don't know so this book um this is the reason i like the conceit but not the book um and it could be because i read a decent amount of like comments about it about halfway through because so nicole and i decided we were going to read this book two different ways i read it where i read a line of the poem, like a stanza of the poem, and then I went and I read the commentary. Then I read a stanza of the poem, then I went and read the commentary. Nicole read... I read the whole poem through and then all the commentary. And so about halfway through, I was like, fuck, I'm not going to make it through this. <laughs> so I went and read the plot, and then I went and read some like reviews and summary of it. So I'm not sure that the conclusion I now have, I would have drawn independently. So Mm. let's not pretend that I'm like really super smart. It's that really (laughs) super smart people on the internet told me what this book was about. Uh, So 
Sure. And and the way that I read it, the poem first, I read the introduction and then I read the poem and I was like, wow, if it really was what Chelsea thought, that it was just a poem and like real commentary and not a novel, the poem is good. Yeah. <laughs> like I really liked it. It had interesting things to say about life and death and grief and nature and God. And it was good. And the way the, <laughs> the, the poet's life was interwoven into the poem was really good. Yeah. Totally the kind of poetry I like. Um, and then the commentary was just like batshit. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was wild. And I think immediately, regardless of the content of the commentary part, I disliked it because it felt like, it felt like, you know, like when you're in school, like in high school and they, you always have to learn poetry and it based the way they teach it basically makes every person think that they hate poetry because you, you read like Shakespeare mm-hmm. and Walt Whitman and like, like. I don't know, old poets from a long time ago who like use hard words and then you're forced to write a paper about like two words in a poem yeah. about this, like the, you know, the mirroring or the you know symbolism or whatever. And then you're just like, wow, poetry is really difficult to understand and sucks. But in reality, if you read poetry that actually interested you and, and you could like relate, to, relate it. to it, you'd be able to interpret it without that like painstaking, just like turning the knife in your brain part. And it would, and it, cause poetry has been just meant to like express an emotion mm-hmm. and, um, and it like make you feel something. And, and if it's done that, it succeeds. Not, it hasn't, it doesn't mean that you have to be able to write a three page paper about the symbolism of the first two lines. And so I was just like, Oh, this, this whole premise this whole, is, is like, it's trying to do that to this poem, even if it had been real commentary and not the batshit stuff that it was. <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe I would have felt that more if I hadn't went ahead and read. So smarter people than me say. <laughs> Great. That there, this po- this book is supposedly one that like tons of literary people write about all the fucking time because it's so weird then there's no consensus on what it was about yes yeah so um the majority of people um that there's two parties there's one party that thinks it was really the poet quote-unquote was writing this and he wrote his own commentary and it's all a made-up like what thing <laughs> That, 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 didn't, not, that didn't even cross my mind. As that's a not the, that one. They they have a name. They're called like the shaders, right? Because the poet's name is Shade. Shade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And then there's another train of thought that thinks that he really was the prince. And then the predominant train of thought that the author supported is oh. that he's actually just like a bumbling professor um, who is in, uh, intensely batshit crazy and has delusions thinking he's a prince of this made-up country um, and that the he, like, has just built this whole thing and that he... And that the poet was got murdered because of an assassinate attempt on him. No, um, no, not even that. The poet got murdered because of an, uh, an assassination attempt on the judge whose house he's renting. Oh, what? <laughs> That's Which, not in there. <laughs> it is. I And I did not pick it up. But apparently there's hints, and I went through and I double-checked because I thought I was crazy, and they're really there. So it has a whole weird plot because people were saying that you should read it like three or four times before you really understand it. And I was like, boo hiss. No, I'm not putting that much energy in. Yeah. Um, I, I read it as like um, at, 
as that the guy, like the person, the guy doing the commentary, really was this t- deposed king who was deposed by a communist regime because the guy author is from Russia and it's the '60s and this book got published in Russia during uh-huh. the USSR as a big deal. That's what I read about it. <laughs> my, my little foray to try to understand it. And because uh, I had to do that, too. <laughs> just, yeah. uh, and that he really was that like and um, this deposed king and that the poet really did get shot because someone was trying to assassinate him. And then kind of maybe the guy was just delusional and he wasn't. The king is all completely made up. I didn't pick up anything about the judge. You know what this reminds me of? What? Another book we read for the podcast where the pale word pale in the tile, A Pale View of Hills by Kazuo Ishiguro. <laughs> Which I also kind of liked. Which that book was like three times in the book the tense was weird and from that you were supposed to gather there was this whole other story happening and I like breezed right past it and almost thought of those ch- tense changes as like typos and then we got to the episode and Chelsea was like yeah all this stuff and I was like huh <laughs> and this this book I felt like okay I'm gonna focus because I don't want that to happen again and it's obviously that kind of situation but apparently I still just took it too literally <laughs> because i just want books to be about what they're about okay which is so funny because i always say i want that but then like yeah you're the one who always likes these well and here's the problem with this one i didn't really like this one but like i really like the idea of this one like if that makes sense like i like this conceit i think this conceit is cool you wanted a different execution of it yeah like i like the idea of we get a foreword by like a delusional person who's kind of obsessed with the author. And then you read the poem that's written by the author. And then you have all these comments by that like delusional person who's really like pretending it was really important in this person's life. And everything that he wrote was about him and really stretching for it. And I almost thought that he was going to be the one that murdered the dude. (laughs) Oh, that crossed mine too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I really liked that that would have been better ending actually if he had killed him yeah (laughs) i really liked that i just didn't love i didn't love the commentary there were parts of it that i thought were funny um every once in a while there was something where i was like dude you batshit crazy but that's pretty funny um but like i it was the, the funny part was just derived from like he could take the most mundane like a line that was about a bird and be like this is about me. This yeah. Is out. Oh, yeah. Like the tiniest thing. And it's like, he like, oh, he used the word blue. This is probably the time that I told him about the blue gemstones on yeah. my crown or, or whatever. Be like, or be like, um, apparently when you reread it on your, you know, second or third time, every time he references another note, like another mm-hmm. like, see the note for 469, you should go really read that note and then come back to where you oh. were and it makes more connections. And I was like, I don't got time for that. Um, <laughs> it's a puzzle. But it's a puzzle I really, box. that that's i think why i liked it it was like a puzzle book but i didn't actually like it i just liked its conceit i wanted to like because i knew from like what's written on the back of mine that the author like left russia Uh and was like taught in universities in the united states um but that this book got published in russian in russia which is a big deal because he was like an ex you know pat of someone who left the ussr and so because of that i was I was just like, oh, I want to know, like, all the references that he's making to the imaginary country that where the king was deposed because of a totalitarian regime of some kind. I'm like, where is the, I want to understand the illusions that he must be making about the USSR. Oh, Um, But I was like, I don't know enough about this guy, the author, or 
the USSR to know what the politics are because that might have interested me. See, we read it from different planes. Yeah. I like when I was reading about him being the king, quote unquote, in exile and shit. I was just like, dude, you're crazy. And just like reading it for him being like crazy and weird, whereas you were trying to make actual political connections that. I didn't want to find the communism. I was happy just <laughs> As we've said in the podcast before, all the books have communism in them. <laughs> but like I didn't 99%. Want to read the communism. I just wanted to read for that. You just wanted to read for this the crazy dude. <laughs> that we haven't brought that up in a long time, but early in the podcast we recognized that every book yeah. Oh, yeah. talks about communism in some form if it was written in the 20th century. Yeah, so um overall like I thought the like the way the structure was interesting. I would read another book with this structure. No, oh. the other thing. This is also a tangent. <laughs> Nicole clearly did not <laughs> like it. Um, there are so many women hating passages in this book. Oh yeah, like really bad ones. Real and bad. And it was. It made like it took me way out of it. Even though. Well, and it was because the, uh, the it wasn't the. It wasn't the poet. It was the... The commentator slash king guy yeah. character. Because the poet actually had, like, a very, like, strong relationship with his daughter. And his wife. And his wife. And he really um, was saying that uh, his daughter's suicide was kind of a result of societal expectations of beauty. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like the author thought these things necessarily. No, the king. Necessarily. Yeah. But Which I think is why they didn't piss me off as much. But this character... And, and well, what I hated about it is that the commentator slash king um, is gay in the mm-hmm. book. And, but then it's portrayed as like, like that gay men must hate women and find them disgusting. Yeah. And I just hate that stereotype because it's such bullshit that, that because you're gay, you, ha- you must mean if you're not attracted to women. It must mean that you hate women and find them disgusting. Uh, and there was, and there was other passages where they were talking about like, Oh yes, I, when the king was escaping, I met this mountain girl, and of course she threw herself at me and tried to sleep with me because mountain girls are just, you know, sluts or whatever, yeah. basically. And and I was just like, I just really hate that stereotype. And and I mean, this was written in the '60s and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but um, it was glaring to me. I think like, it didn't bug me because it was in the portions where the guy who was being so like obviously delusional. delusional. Um, I think if it had been in the poem, I would have been more pissed. Yeah. But in the poem, the parts that were women hating more felt like the author reflecting on, like, this is not what it should be. That's like, true. my daughter, yeah. who I loved, killed herself because she didn't fit societal expectations of beauty. That's true. I didn't really think about that, that it wasn't in the poem. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it does take a good writer to be able to hold, like, hold the two perspectives and have them actually feel different like that. Yeah. Um, and, and not just feel like wish, like so many of these books are just wish fulfillment for the author. And this one, didn't and this feel one like definitely it. isn't that. And so I can respect that. I feel like I could take or leave the structure, you know, um, I'd rather just read the poem. I think the poem was good and interesting and I could have talked just about that for the yeah. podcast. And, um, and I wish I'd understood the politics more. Uh, I and, didn't care about the book. And I understand why it's on the list now, obviously hearing that it's basically like English majors like love to talk about this yeah. and write papers about it. Um, uh, but usually that's a sign that I won't like it. <laughs> Which is just so funny. It's so odd because I, again, I, the, the weird like structures like this I either hate or I enjoy. Yeah. And I liked the structure. Did not like the book. 
What like made you not like the book then? I just felt like the commentator sections were too long. Like I got the point of him being delusional, of him like being grandiose and all that stuff. I could have done with like a hundred pages of commentary rather than two hundred and ten or whatever it was. Yeah, that it yeah. just like felt it felt overwrought, which is funny because the parts of it that they the parts where he was actually probably into trying to make a political statement were the parts where I was like, I could leave those. <laughs> He could have just, like, done, like, yeah, and then the king escaped, and... (laughs) So, you gotta say that this book has a lot of meat in it. You could come at it from a lot of different directions. And it does highlight, like, one of the few differences we have in reading styles. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, we have very, very similar tastes, but this is, like, one of the few things that, like, you oftentimes do a better job of like finding and digesting and absorbing the politics related to the history of things. And then I oftentimes enjoy like weird minutia of like weird structures more than you do. Like it's a one, the one of the only places where we have a difference in reading taste. Yeah, that's, de- that's definitely true. I, <laughs> I don't get the structure thing and I'm trying to think of like a current book that I've read that has a weird structure that I liked. Did you like Illuminate? Yeah, but that was basically a book in letters, which I always have liked those. Yeah. Except um, that some of the letters were like text messages or emails or whatever. And I don't know. I just think that I, I, um, which is weird because then even though that's true, I feel like when it's not a structure thing, when it's more about like symbolism or like analogy, I don't I, like I'll, it. I'll like it even if it's not that pop. Pro- plot driven but you need it to be plot driven but I don't like the structure thing because it's I'd rather just have the plot which is so funny yeah because I can forgive plot if the structure is cool but I can't I can't have no plot with symbolism yeah I don't like that so a little bit of a dichotomy yeah I'm nothing if not confusing (laughs) yeah um yeah this yeah this was it was a it wasn't like a cat's cradle we read that for the podcast Weird. I think that's one of the lost episodes, maybe. Mm-hmm. That book was also batshit, but in a totally different way <laughs> than this yeah. one. And it, it, it was just also, weird. Also, we use the word batshit crazy a lot in this episode, and I don't know if there's negative connotations with that. I'm going to have to Google it after to make sure we haven't like been yeah. using like a not-okay phrase. I mean, I just said batshit and not crazy, because I do try not to say crazy. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I said the word crazy, which I also, in general life, do not use. Uh, it's but, a weird book. Just yeah. <laughs> I wonder though. Now I'm gonna Google the connotations of that phrase, and we'll let you know in the next episode. Yeah, I'm also saying batshit as a way to not just say it's shitty. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's weird and shitty. That's what I'm trying to say <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. And I just, I feel like I'm in general in books. I'm attracted to books that like tell me something about the human experience that feels either specific or universal but like you can get into it and experience it because of the book you know yeah and i just this kind of book that's all about the like what could it be is it this is it this it doesn't have that and then i'm just like what's the point of this Ugh, i it's just so funny to me uh, i saved this quote a while ago to bring up on a podcast and um which now i don't have my phone in my hand to tell you but it was something like um if speaking to authors like mm-hmm. the people write your book write your books to entertain the people reading your books are in hospital waiting rooms and in hotel rooms and traveling in the airport and 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 writing is a solitary job for solitary people 
mm-hmm. or solitary you know, readers. And and so and I yeah and I just like yes fundamentally that should there should be something, something that entertain. is entertaining about it because people are reading books like in a hospital waiting room. I was you entertained know? by the structure. Well, there you go. It did its job. Um, I think we're gonna have a split vote. Oh, are you serious? Really? I liked the structure. <laughs> okay, well let's let's just let's bring it out into the open. Is this a book that every person on earth should read before God, they die? Really? Chelsea? You're laying on it thick. I don't lay it on thick when you like one I don't like. Oh, I'm just teasing you. Um, uh, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say yes tentatively. Yes. Okay. I think I'm gonna think about the structure. Okay. All right, well, we'll see. You know, every 20 books, we review what we put on the list, and then we cut if it's, like, this totally faded from our minds and wasn't meaningful. I just feel like I'm going to think about the idea of, like, using two viewpoints and poetry and how they were interconnected. It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that you could think about it. (laughs) And Nicole, 10 episodes from now, is going to be, like, still thinking about it. But then, 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 you know what that that means? That means I'm still thinking about it, which means maybe it should be on the list. So, what is our book for next week? It is called The House with the Blind Glass Windows, which is a good title. Yeah. I I wonder, I feel like it's going to be about, like, something is going on inside the house and the world, like, can't Can't see see it. it. Yeah, the hidden... Uh, maybe it'll be about magic and families, yeah. hidden family magic. <laughs> so um, we are so excited to read that and report back. And um, until then, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Litzy, and Twitter at 1001books podcast or at 1001books pod or email us at 1001books podcast at gmail.com. And until then, happy reading.